everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Appraisal Institute's podcast series, Face Value. I'm Warren Boyzot, SRA, AIRRS, and your host for this month's episode. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Sandy Adamatis, SRA, and 2022 Vice President of the Appraisal Institute. We'll be diving deep into the Appraisal Institute's practical applications of real estate appraisal. From here on, Sandy, we will call that Perea, AI Perea, so we can shorten the time a bit. Uh, we're going to talk about that program, key program details, participant requirements, mentorship opportunities, and more. With that, let's get started. Sandy, with the size of the group that we had for the for episode six, we had to buy that huge sectional couch that you're on right now. So since it's just the two of us today, feel free to stretch out and get comfortable. First, let me thank you for joining me today. I'm super excited about this topic. It's great to have you on the show. And for those who may not be familiar, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Warren, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. It's really a pleasure to be here with you. I'd love to give you a little information about my background. I started appraising in 1981 and received my SRA designation in 1985. Back then, it was an RM which I switched over to the SRA once we had the merger. I had the privilege of working and training under my late husband, an MAI, an instructor for the Appraisal Institute. He encouraged me right away to volunteer for a national committee. My first committee assignment was in 1987, and I've been involved on the national, regional, and chapter level ever since that time frame. Much of my work has been in the demonstration report writing or the green Greenfield. So, uh, falling right, uh, moving right on into Korea, it really was a good fit for the my past, which was working with the demonstration reports and teaching people the 45-hour package that appraisers need to become designated and also as their alternative for the demo. I have been involved officer in my local chapter and spoken around the country on many topics that are appraisal-related. So it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Wonderful. 81. Yes, I was not quite into my appraisal career at that time. So that is good to know. Um, Sandy, you're in Florida, right? Yes, I am. Tem temperature today is? Uh, 82. Oh, making me jealous. All right. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's always interesting. Okay, well. For those of you not familiar with the AI Perea program, I wanted to provide you with details about what it is, how listeners can get involved in the importance of mentorship. Sandy, if you don't mind, I had a bit of a goal today that is based on a quick backstory. At a recent chapter board meeting, I realized that much of our membership still doesn't exactly know what Perea is. And it's not necessarily that it's their fault. It's just that I've personally been kind of so entrenched in this topic for the last two or three years that it kind of catches me by surprise a bit when I find out that people even in our membership don't know what it is. So I was hoping to kind of treat today like Perea 101 to make sure that from today on, nobody in our membership will, uh, or everybody in our membership will know the, the what's, the why's, the when's, and the how's of Perea. So I will say it one more time, and then we can just go with Perea from then on. But Perea, the Practical Applications of Real Estate Appraisers, how did it start? Give us a history. Well, the Appraisal Foundation decided to offer a grant. It's called the Pathway to Success Grant to 
get someone, an organization, to develop this Korea program. It was developed or brought about because of the roadblock to become an appraiser. We are not seeing the number of people coming into our profession that we need to replace those that are aging now, like me. (laughs) So um, this was a a way of saying, how can we overcome this roadblock? It's hard to get uh, supervisors to take on trainees today. It is a a timely uh, challenge, and it's expensive for the supervisor. It can be rewarding, but there's just not enough people out there, and especially if you're a minority. If you're a woman or in minority category, they have found it extremely difficult to to find a supervisor. So this this program came about out of that that call for give us an alternative path for getting over that supervisor block to get our experience, so that we can sit for the um, the certification exam to get our certified residential or our licensed residential. And part of Korea will even count in some states toward the experience rating on the certified general. So, you know, this offers benefits for more than just the residential folks, depending on how your state has set it up. I should say that I'm the lead subject matter expert for the Korea program, for the Appraisal Institute's Korea program. So quite involved since uh, January, we we Ray Martinez is our online uh, PhD that's been with us for years gave me a call to see if I would be interested in in working with them. And I'll tell you, it's been quite rewarding. And I'm very excited about the program because uh, I kind of liken it to my husband was a pilot and he had a full flight simulator in our home that he used to use after he couldn't fly anymore because of his medical. So he could still fly his flight simulator. He could also train train other people on how to fly. As a matter of fact, his son learned a lot about how to fly by using a flight simulator. So this is kind of the same thing. As some, it's online, it's virtual, but it's not our typical online program. The participant going through AI Korea is going to get a whole new experience online that we've never had before. And I believe that we'll, this will be a great trend for us moving forward for all of our programs. The student will get interaction. It'll be audio. It'll be video. They'll have the ability to actually measure a house using ANSI standards, using a program where it tells them, okay, now you need to measure this house. So they actually have to physically measure the house uh, using that virtual program. They'll be able to do an actual walkthrough tour of a home, and they'll have to identify features of each room as if they were inspecting a home on site and fill out the improvement section. With each step, they're, they're asked questions. And in certain steps, they're stopped and the program will say, okay, now upload the work you've done thus far. And the mentor then has to review what they've done and then communicate with them. You did a great job with this, or you could have done this a little bit better. Let's talk about it. So it's that kind of interaction with an actual mentor who will be working with them. And each person is assigned a mentor. That mentor would stay with them throughout the program until they're finished. The mentor has to check off on each of the assignments that they're doing. And the exciting part of it is that all these case studies are actual properties around the country. So they can look up the public records on them. We even have access to a a multiple list where they'll be able to look at a multiple list and get a, a, 
a feel for how to search an MLS. They actually use an appraisal software so that when they finish this program, they will already have learned how to use appraisal software. They'll have some experience with an MLS. They'll have some experience with measuring a home. And they'll have that feedback with the uh, mentor. The other thing that we want to keep in mind that they can't just say, I want to be an appraiser and sign up for the program. They have to have finished all their qualifying education. So that's the first criteria is to get their qualifying education. Uh, uh-huh. You caught my first question that, that I uh-huh. was going to ask is, is there anything before actually signing up for the program? So yes, you're about to touch on that. And I'm glad you are because that was, I get to scratch my first question. Okay, yes. So they have to finish all their qualifying education. The great thing about this is we have the Appraiser Diversity Initiative, which is a scholarship program. You'll remember uh, Chase uh, Bank gave $3 million to the Appraisal Institute uh, for this program, and it's to give scholarships for minorities so that they it will pay for their qualifying education, their textbooks, and their HP-12C. And so once they get through the qualifying education, they can apply them for Perea, which will get them through their experience. You probably are going to ask, how long is it going to take them to get through the program, right? It's on the list. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I wanted right. to touch on one thing, Sandy, if I could, to back you up just a bit, because I think it's worth mentioning, although our podcast is geared towards those in the appraisal profession, there are some out there listening that probably are thinking, why is it so tough, the diversity? Why is that such an issue with getting diverse crowd amongst the evaluation industry? I have never seen an industry in my life that is so, what's the legacy? You know, every appraiser we know, it's my mom was an appraiser, my uncle was an appraiser, my grandfather and father were appraisers. So I just thought I'd note that, that, um, Again, those listeners out there that might be saying, well, it's, that just seems odd that if it's such a great profession, wh- why the lack of diversity? And I always like to point out to them that nine out of 10 appraisers you're going to ask probably had a family member or friend that was kind of just passed down. So that's where that is tough for people to get started up that don't know that friend or family member. So um, that's, I'm also very excited about how the DE&I and Perea tie in perfectly together. Yes, and you're absolutely correct, uh, Warren. I got into the business through my husband, who was an MAI. And, um, you know, he got into the business because his father was in real estate and taught him a lot way back when. And and so that's pretty typical today. And I think the other uh, issue we have is we haven't really promoted it as a career. You know, from the uh, time of high school, I know I've, I've offered uh, to go to career days at high school and speak about appraising. And there just doesn't seem to be any interest in doing that. You know, I don't think people think of that as a real career, but uh, there's such great opportunities here. So um, I'm glad you asked that question. Perfect. And the uh, when I cut you off, I would think we were about to start into the timing of the project, like, or I'm sorry, the, the program of Perea. How long is the program designed? Um, is it is it they have to have a minimum amount 
of time spent in it or is it kind of self-paced? Explain that to us a bit. Yeah, that's a great question. And one I get a lot around the country when I'm speaking about this. Korea is set up within two categories. You've got the licensed residential and then you've got the certified residential. We anticipate that if you've taken AI education or qualifying education through AI, you have a pretty good background for the methods and the techniques that we are, are that should be used in the case studies. So we're looking at six months uh, in itself paced. So we think probably six months is pretty normal for most people going through the program. If you haven't taken AI education, you might take a little longer uh, through, you know, maybe up to a year. So we're, th- we're giving you one year at the most uh, to go through the licensed residential or at least one year at the maximum to go through the certified residential. So does that mean if extenuating circumstances happen, they won't extend that? No, that would be something that the participant would have to address. And if somebody really focused on this full time, they didn't have a job and just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blast into this and get through it, they could do that. Um, and, but and again, working with a the mentor, there's going to be some times that, you know, they're, they may be down waiting for the mentor to, to answer their questions or grade their papers. But um, it's pretty realistic. Six months, they could get through licensed residential. Another six months, they're certified. Gotcha. Let's dig into the minutia a bit because that's where I really love it. So within the program, is the case studies that you speak of, are they kind of a situation where... You know, the first one might be one, two, three Main Street, anywhere, anywhere USA, and then they gradually kind of get a little more complex to try to then uh, instill lessons and philosophies about real estate along the way. To, is that is that kind of the idea of of just making it a little more complex each case study? Oh, absolutely. You, you, you hit the nail right on the head. And what they, what we've done is uh, there's four different property types. You have vacant land, uh, single unit, multi-unit, and condos. So they will have done all four of those in licensed residential and then four in the certified. So they'll do uh, the first one in licensed residential will be pretty simple. Uh, not a lot of complexity to it at all. Maybe not very many adjustments. And then the next one they do will be more complex. By the time they get to certified residential, they'll all be more complex than they experienced in the licensed residential. So they'll have to look at things like busy street, you know, external obsolescence from different things, functional obsolescence. Uh, they'll be uh, expected to do a cost approach. So, you know, it, everything they've learned in the qualifying education, and they'll have to implement into the case studies. So that's the way it's set up. Gotcha. So if I'm in the Perea program, I'm going along, something kind of doesn't make sense to me. That's where the mentor comes along. Some designated uh, appraisal institute, SRA or MAI that has signed up to be a mentor can then be contacted by that Perea participant to say, hey, this is kind of confusing to me. Where do I go with here? What 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 should I consider uh, in this assignment? That's what the mentor is there for. Absolutely, for feedback. The mentor is encouraged not to give them the answers, but to guide them, ask them questions, give them resources, or refer them back to one of their uh, qualifying education course books or to a textbook to say, maybe this will help you 
think through this uh, methodology or, or appraisal problem that we're dealing with. So absolutely, that's okay. that's what it's meant to do. Gotcha. And sorry again to jump around a bit. I've just got so much. But to start the Perea program, someone that doesn't have a license at all, probably maybe even never spent a day shadowing an appraiser at all. Someone could sign up, but once the program launches, they could start tomorrow and maybe as a second career or just coming out of college. In other words, there are no, aside from the qualifying education that you spoke of, that person could start right away. Yes. As long as they finish their qualifying education, they can yep. start right away. Yes. Okay. okay. And then maybe then step two, the residential appraiser out there that has their license already, maybe already went through the, the traditional mentor apprentice relationship that we all kind of know. And they say, you know what, I want to try something a little different. I'm going to try this period. Now they can then go from their license level to their certified residential level using the Perea program. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Correct. Great. Great. Okay. We were talking about mentors. Let me ask you a little more. So my understanding, and I'm sure it's changed. Last I heard and I was so excited about it because I think I heard this number just after a week of first hearing that the Appraisal Institute had sent kind of an email blast about being a mentor, signing up to be a mentor, that we had 26 people sign up already. Is that number jump? Uh, that number has jumped to 60 applications. Wow. Yeah. That's now, great. Yeah. So we're having to go through the applications because we want to make sure that they are residentially oriented, you know, and that they are designated and meet all the criteria, have familiarity with the, with the forms and would be a good fit for uh, mentoring in the program. So um, I think probably what we'll end up doing is in the beginning, we'll take up a, a number of those folks. We'll continue taking applications. But we'll start with a lower number and then, you know, work through a few of the, once the program's up and running, see what challenges we may have to, before we open it up, we'd like to have 130 mentors. Okay. So, so we're halfway there just about. Yeah. Just so if you started out there. with 130, it would be a huge program to manage. So we're going to try and manage it so it's the best, best fit for the, you know, aspiring appraiser and for the mentor as well. Gotcha. The mentor, how many participants can they have? We, we'd like to set a limit of five. Well, okay. so far, most people are saying, I want one or two, which makes sense because they don't know what they're getting into. It Just to point. try and check it out, see how much time it, it, it will require of them, that kind of thing. Okay, that makes sense. Sure. For those of you listening, I mean, this is a great opportunity because it's it's out there, $1,875 per mentored participant. How did the Appraisal Institute, how did that come about? How did the formula work out for that? Well, we anticipated about 25 hours that the mentor oh, would spend okay. uh, with the uh, aspiring appraiser working through the program. So, uh, you know, you work that out, it's what, about $70 uh, an hour? 75, like so, 75. 75, okay. So, so that's not too bad, you know, but you're not going to get rich off of it. But uh, most people that, that enter, the, uh, send us an application, they're not doing it for the money. Uh, sure. They're doing it because they want to give back to the, the profession and see this program succeed. 
Sure. And also, you get 125 points for your AI uh, continuing education. So Perfect. that's another plus. Yeah. My my next point, which is very important to, to those members that um, find themselves in year five of their five-year cycle without enough, you know, not that you would just do it for the credit, but it is an extra nice bonus for sure. 60. Wow, that is great because I think I heard 26. I think that was just like two weeks ago. So that is great yeah. news. Wonderful. To the four episodes that I've been a part of of this podcast, I've kind of found that I've started to become a bit of the, I, I want to be the devil's advocate. I want to throw throw out there the, the other side of things and not that I, I, I think that, I just want to throw this at you because I hear that there's listeners out there, I can hear them saying, the only way to teach someone to be an appraiser is the old school, you know, they need to be sitting next to me and drive and shadow me all day, physically be in the car with me. Um, and I hear that, I've heard, I haven't heard that, wouldn't say I've heard that a lot. I've heard it a few times that, no, that, that uh, any kind of virtual program is not going to work. This is the only way to teach an appraiser how to do their job is to be boots on the ground. And I can throw out that I've told them that whether you like it or not, this program was coming. And I just love the fact that the Appraisal Institute took on the task of creating the program. Because as you said at the very beginning, this could have been developed by someone else, not us. And so the fact that we took it on and we're doing it, now we get to be the ones to guide those those people through. So I guess I'll give you an opportunity to talk directly to those people out there that say, you can't, you can't learn how to be an appraiser it, it's sitting in front of your computer. Yeah, I've heard that as well. And uh, the Appraisal Institute received a $500,000 grant from the Board of Trustees from the foundation. But also keep in mind that the board of the Appraisal Institute's board of directors committed $2 million to this program. So, you know, the program is extensive. It's, it's, I believe it will be the golden standard. There will be other PREA programs out there, but ours is not going to be the minimum program. And when you uh, have an appraiser who's going through that virtual uh, setting of doing an appraisal and working with a mentor one-on-one, one one, that seems to tell me that uh, compared to the, the feedback that I'm getting from trainees when I teach classes, they're probably getting a better one-on-one -on -one through our virtual program than they get in an office where a supervisor may spend very little time with them going through the appraisal process. That's not all supervisors, but uh, I believe that the program is set to for success for the aspiring appraisers. We want to track those appraisers as they leave the program to see, do they get a, a, a job offer? And how is it working out? We'd like to track them, you know, a year down the road, three years down the road, they're still in the profession. How are they doing? You know, those are the kind of things where we can measure how our program is doing. And, and so I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we'll have some facts to come back and say, well, we were wrong. But you know, if the Appraisal Institute doesn't do it, who will? And exactly. who is the leader of, of AI education, of education, period? Exactly. We've been known as the golden standard for education. So yep. we should be the one training people to do this. The world is changing. Technology is here to stay. And we need to be abreast of it. And I think this program is going to show we can do this. I'm even having, Warren, uh, 
employers saying to me, I can't wait till this program's up and running because I'll pay to send a trainee so I don't have to supervise them. Yep. Yep. So I think that's saying a lot. You couldn't have said it better. And and you're going to have a probably a more formulated participants are going to be taught the same way. So you're going to have this army of new up and coming appraisers that kind of all learned the same way. So uh, that that's super helpful going forward, knowing that, you know, anybody that came out of this shop in this city or town uh, is different and learned differently from this. It'll be a standardized way of learning how to, how to become an appraiser. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Let me give you a short story. Yes, please. I did, I did a chapter uh, installation of uh, officers and a, a, a gentleman came in and I didn't know him. So I said to the ED, is he an appraiser or who is he? She said, I don't know. He has some ADI on his name badge. And I said, oh, that's appraiser diversity initiative. So I went up and introduced myself. He had just, he had gotten a scholarship and just completed all his qualifying education. He came to a chapter meeting so he could get connected with a supervisor. He didn't know about Perea. So uh, it was a great place for him to be. And he really showed effort because he drove almost two hours to get there. Wow. So you wow. can see there's people out there waiting to get into the profession, but this roadblock has stopped them. So uh, he, now he knows he's got an alternate. Yeah. If he can't find a supervisor, Perea's coming soon. I can relate at our chapter level here in Colorado. I I and a few other people are kind of the re- on the residential side. Whenever there's an inquiry to our ch- our chapter about, hey, I'm looking for a mentor, they usually send that email over to me if it's on the residential side and somebody else on the commercial side to kind of throw it down the funnel and say, um, if we know of anybody, and I'll, if I do know of somebody at the time, I'll certainly try and hook them up. But I'm I'm really pushing the Perea program that that just like you said, 99% of the time those people haven't heard of yet. So I'll direct them to the website and tell them, you know, it's not happened yet, but when it does, this if you haven't found a mentor by then, this is this is the program for you. So that's wonderful. Another number I'd like to talk about because I've heard rumors. Do we have a an idea of how many people are out there in the pipeline ready for this program to start? Well, uh, the foundation says that they have a list of 2,600 people. Wow. Wow. And that once our program is ready, they will give us that list. And I've also been told, uh, uh, I saw a list from Texas, and I think it had about 800 people on it that have been looking for supervisors. And I know in Florida, we have a long list of people that are classified as trainees, but haven't been able to find a supervisor. I don't know the number on that one, but it's a pretty large number. I want to say over 500 people. So if you look at all the states, how many people have been sitting out there just waiting? They've got their education. They're just waiting for a supervisor. It's endless. And we anticipate the first year of at least 300 people going through in a year. And if we have 300 in a year uh, and we have uh, 150 mentors, we could get them through the pipeline. But think of what's going to happen if we had 1,500 in a year. Yep. I was I was just – you probably saw me typing on the calculator. I was doing the yep. math. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is exciting because I, I asked you this question for a reason. 
I've been to LDAC. Uh, as you know, I'm re- very uh, involved in in RAPS, the Residential Appraiser Project Team. Anyone that's ever been to LDAC, I don't care what the discussion uh, starts as, as the topic, it always ends up with how do we get more residential appraisers to be a part of the Appraisal Institute? And here we are now that we have this program that we're developing that's going to launch, and you've got potentially 2,600 people that tomorrow, again, when the program starts, tomorrow will sign up and will be under our umbrella to start that process. Now, if we have them taking our education offerings, if we're doing a good job at chapter levels, knowing here are the local people that just signed up in, say, Colorado for me. Uh, I just We just had 18 people sign up for the PREA program. I'm going to make sure that they're invited to social events. Then once they get their license, they're going to probably want to become certified. And then guess what? Now you get them on the candidate for designation path, the SRA path, and explain to them how important that is and how how that really sets you above others with with a license or certified level license we have a excellent opportunity because at LDAC and things like that like i said we we were always talking in terms of you know if we could get 100 people that would be the biggest success in the world here we have potentially 2600 people that will be going through this program and eventually hopefully becoming SRA designated that's the way i look at it Yes, and that's the exact model we want to happen is that the uh, we're, we're setting up in the program where when someone signs up, we're asking them for the option to allow us to give their name to a local chapter. So Great. the local chapter can invite them to a meeting and you can surround them with a warm welcome and, you know, get them involved in the chapter. And if they've been through, uh, if they received a scholarship, they've been through our QE, they've got our textbooks. They've got, uh, you know, their HP12C. Yep. They've got a connection to AI. We want to keep them in our umbrella, just like you said. And the chapters are boots on the ground. You're the ones that can make a difference. We can get them through the program, but you've got to make them feel welcome and bring them into the fold and make them feel like they're a part of the community that we have here. Do we hope that the mentors in Colorado have participants in Colorado? Would that be a priority or does it matter? Well, it it won't matter because we would like for that to happen, but okay. we, we can't make it a priority. And keep in mind that the case studies are from all over the U.S. So that gives yep. them a real flavor of different geographical issues that they might run into around the country, which they can apply to their local market once they get into, you know, into the field working with, with someone. Uh, and I see that when someone finishes Korea, they're not going to open up a you know, their own appraisal business, they're going to go to work for somebody else. So they're going to be shadowing another appraiser or, or working under somebody who will overlook what they're doing for a while. So uh, I don't see that as a major concern. Okay. Uh, because I'm guessing that, well, I, to, to be clear and tell me if I'm right about this statement, Perea will get you your license, but it will not make you geographically competent. So it will be your, it would as a Perea graduate, you will still need to become geographically competent in your market. And for that, like you said, you'll probably end up going to find somewhere to work. But now, rather than just going in and saying, I've never been on, been to a house on an inspection, I don't know anything about real estate, I can go to that now potential employer 
an appraisal firm or a, a one-person shop and say, look, I've got my Perea graduation participation or uh, uh, your certificate. And gosh, I, I know everything. I just need to get out there and learn my different neighborhoods in my market, right? Right. And it, and, and I want to correct you on one thing. Okay, They're good. not going to say, I just finished Perea. They're going to say, I just finished the appraisal institute Perea. Got it. The golden it. standard. Yes, so, got and it. I finished all their education. So there you go. I will always, it's always AI Perea, AI Perea. I think you have to say it 12 times to, be, to master it. So I will, I, will, I will do that. Great. I would be doing a disservice to one of my chapter friends. Shout out to Scott McHenry for this question. So is Perea developed to just residential? In other words, everyone becoming an appraiser, whether you've decided, and maybe many people haven't decided yet. Maybe they want to get in, get their hands on it a bit, take some education, go through the PREA program a bit to decide at the fork in the road whether they want to go residential or commercial, because we all have to kind of start the same way anyway. Is there a plan down the road for the PREA program to involve a commercial side? Well, that's a great question, and one that I've been asked before, too. And keep in mind that if an appraiser goes through Perea, part of that experience can count toward the certified general license. Depends on your state, but if states are a little different there. But uh, I see, and I don't have, you know, Ray right now, Ray Martinez would probably uh, pass out if I said, yes, we're doing commercials. <laughs> Let's get through our residential side. Let's get it up and running, see how it's going. And just like the capstone, remember in the beginning when we did the 45-hour package for the general yep. alternative for residential, yep. I used to hear, we'll never do that for commercial. Well, it wasn't long when they found out that that was very successful, and it was an uh, equal demo alternative, and it's gone well. So I think we'll probably see that fall, but it probably won't happen for a few years. Okay, good. There you go, Scott. You got your question on the podcast. How impressive is that? <laughs> So I did the math, uh, 2,600 potential, 60 mentors as of now, and I'm sure that will change. Boy, we need to get some people to sign up because if, if most only wanted two or three to start, we got to get some mentors in. So Sandy, take this moment to tell us exactly in our membership, what's the perfect mentor look like? So the ideal mentor would be an SRA or MAISRA who has familiarity with the last five years of doing residential work, okay. a variety of work. It doesn't all have to be lender-oriented because all of our case studies are not strictly lender-oriented case studies. They're somewhat, they're different types. Okay. So we would want them to be somebody who really has a passion to train somebody, patience, a good uh, understanding of, of the uh, current education. Your education would have to be up to up to current education. So we've run somebody that took their education, hopefully within the last 10 years, I would say, okay. uh, if, and stay current. And then I would want somebody that is good at communicating, you know, uh, has that gentle touch, because these are, are fairly new people, and, the, and the, we don't want to run them off by being too harsh with them and, and understanding that they're going to make mistakes. And But that's what we're there for, is to help them work through the appraisal problem and give them tips on how to be better and encourage them. We need somebody who will be an encourager and help them uh, think about the broad picture and then encourage them right through the end and, and 
give them ideas of ways that they could, you know, reach out to find that perfect job they want. And, you know, it, they'll probably become friends after yep. working so long oh, together. Sure. There'll be a, an email back and forth and maybe a Christmas card list or something. Yes. And, and that's honestly sparked my question about the priority of being in the same state or same city, because that's what I envision. You know, uh, I envision wanting to go meet my apprentice or my, my participant for coffee. And we'll, you know, instead of this format of zoom or, or something like that, or talking on the phone, I can go meet him, meet him for coffee or something like that. But again, that's, that's in a perfect world. Okay. That's good to know. So I always think things happen for a reason. And I think if you pulled our residential appraisers in the appraisal Institute membership, that things are a bit slower right now and doesn't look like it's getting too much busier anytime soon. So what a perfect opportunity to branch off and maybe maybe make some money in a different way. You're still an appraiser, but those who, you know, like you said, like to guide, like to teach, like to instruct, like to motivate is probably perfect for the job. Yeah, exactly. And Warren, I can tell you being an instructor all these years, it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Uh, my husband was an instructor for years and then he promoted pushed me into getting involved in instructing. And I always say I learn more from the students than they learn from me because they ask you the hard question. And they also it also prepares you if you've never done court testimony, being an instructor, a mentor can help you be a better person to answer those hard questions. So you'll you'll gain a lot from it. Yeah, interesting. So, Sandy, the one thing we haven't talked about yet is when is this all going to happen? When's this going down? Oh, boy. I have to be really careful with that. (laughs) We have a deadline of September 2023. Okay. That's that's the deadline to get the $500,000 grant. Got it. Interesting. Okay. I can tell you, I can say this much without getting in trouble, that we're we're ahead of schedule. Great. So, uh, Hopefully it will be soon. That's the best I can tell you right now without getting in trouble. <laughs> okay, good, good. I don't, and I don't want to get you in trouble. I I know Ray will be listening very closely and hearing what you have to say. <laughs> yes. If you have one last opportunity to kind of your your elevator speech or your your elevator pitch for Perea, I'll give you that opportunity. Okay, I I will say that. Appraisal Institute Perea or the AI Perea is going to be the golden standard. And we, as members of the Appraisal Institute, the best thing we can do to promote residential membership is to promote this program and promote the SRA. Be a mentor, be an encourager. If you don't have the time to commit to being a mentor, then then volunteer to be a chapter member who will go out and reach out to these Perea folks. There you go. And like you say, take them for coffee or offer to bring them on an inspection with you. That would just be so helpful. That's a great idea. Promote our membership. We have to be the big promoter of the SRA. If we don't promote our own SRA, I I know you've heard this on the wrapped meeting uh, from one in particular member, we need to promote our SRA. If we want to continue to elevate it and to grow it, we have to be the one to talk about what a great program it is and what it means to be an SRA. What are the benefits? So this is what I see Perea doing. First touch. We've got the first touch of education, first touch of training them, and now they're going to have the first touch with the chapter and the membership. So get involved. 
learn all you can about Berea and promote it for us. Love it, Sandy. Um, I think I want to jump back really quick. We can edit this. Um, as far as a mentor goes, once you have your first kind of group of mentors, will there be some kind of education for them? Will Will there be some kind of class or classroom setting for them? Glad you asked that. We're having a, a, a webinar that's a training webinar for mentors only, and it's December the 16th. There'll be a, an announcement sent out to all those who have put in an application. So that's that will be the first training program. So I'm sure once we get through that training program and go through another round of applications, we'll do more than one. But uh, that's what's set at this point. Okay, great, great. Well, Sandy, thank you for joining us today at Face Value. We really appreciate it. Such an important topic and going to be so exciting next year to just see how, how we progress as we get closer to September. I can't say we won't be calling you again for some of the 2023 episodes to, to get some, uh, some progress. So thank you. thank you. We thank all of our listeners and guests. You can find all of the information about AI Perea on the website at appraisalinstitute.org backslash Perea. You can always subscribe to this podcast. You can find us at the AI website, iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. Next month, we'll be switching it up for the last episode of 2022 and our first season of the Face Value Show. Join me and my fellow host, Tony Avilas, M-A-I-A-I-G-R-S, where we'll be talking with AI leadership about accomplishments and favorite moments of the year, holiday fun, and more. See you next month. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you.